Last time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly, our guests Todd and Angie Smith candidly shared a gripping story of becoming pregnant with Audrey, their fourth daughter. We were so excited to be pregnant again and had a pretty uneventful pregnancy until we went in for our 18-week checkup. And we knew from the technician's face that something was drastically wrong. They had advised us to um, terminate the pregnancy. Um, But as we prayed through it, we both had a peace very quickly, actually, that that decision was just not ours to make. John, I can't imagine sitting in that doctor's office chair and being told your baby isn't going to make it outside of the womb. Mm -hmm. And uh, Todd and Angie Smith chose life and trusted uh, that God's plan was a better plan. And so many people have been touched by their story, which Angie has now written about in her book, I Will Carry You. And uh, we had to end last time in the midst of Todd and Angie grieving the loss of their daughter just two and a half hours after her birth. And uh, we talked with them, and we want to pick up today uh, where we left off. Mm -hmm. So, John, let's do that. Well, Todd, for those who aren't familiar with the Smiths, is a singer with the group Selah, and Angie is a blogger with some 15,000 readers per day uh, joining her for her story. And that largely because of this particular story of her pregnancy with Audrey. And we'll go back and pick it up now as uh, Angie and Todd share very tenderly about what happened shortly after Audrey passed away. Let's talk about the gravesite. You went and visited Audrey's gravesite sometime after, just briefly after. Could you tell us about that? The burial, her actual burial was, it's actually the part in my book that after I turned it in, I trusted them to do, you know, they left it pretty much the way that it was. And that's the one part that I really can't go back and read. I really struggle with that time period. The idea of her being buried and the size of her casket and the image of her gravesite is very difficult for me. And the first time I went back it, you know, the grass hadn't grown over her grave yet. And there was just this tiny marker of red clay. I mean, just dirt there and um, I had brought my Bible and I just sat with her and I read some Psalms to her and I actually marked those Psalms in my Bible with the clay so that I would remember that time period but it was the first time that there was a really tangible feeling of loss you know Mm -hmm. and I know her spirit isn't in there I know where her spirit is but but her knees are in there I didn't have a chance to kiss them when she fell and I didn't have a chance to braid her hair and um, I didn't get to see a wedding ring put on her finger, and her finger is in there. So there, there is a, there's a physical loss that's represented there that's extremely difficult. That's emotional. I'm tearing up just listening to it because you do miss that. Mm-hmm. Kate was with you, right? Yes. How did she manage that? She's four or five at the time. Mm-hmm. What did she say? Well, it was really actually heartbreaking because I hadn't really made it clear to her on the way over. I just said... Um, I'm going to go see Audrey. Do you want to come with me? And she said, yeah, yeah. And she brought a drawing and she said, I want to give this to her. She, I just looked at her in the rearview mirror the whole way over and she had this huge smile on her face and she's kicking her legs. And um, we get there and we're both staring down at the ground and she just looks at me and she says, where is she? And I said, well, honey, remember her burial? And she's, she's in the little box and she's down there and she's holding, you know, just clutching this picture. And she's like, I want to give this to her. And uh, I just said, you know, honey, we can't, we, we can't give it to her. She's, 
And I, and I realized in that moment that she thought she was actually going to see her sister. She just didn't comprehend she would still be in right. her grave. And so I said, well, let's, let's leave it here, honey. She's able to see it, you know? Um, and so she just tucked this little picture she had colored for her behind the grave. But I have a very clear image of her bare feet and the dirt on her feet while she tucked that in and just watching her. And it's a very fine line that we walked and continue to walk between having hope in God and just grieving this tremendous loss. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Maintaining that hope and trust in Christ, mm -hmm. no matter our circumstances. That's mm -hmm. where we started the program. Um, Todd, at this moment, I mean, again, you still can't fix this problem. And, uh, but you wrote a song. That was something you could do as an artist. Talk about that. Right after we found out about Audrey, it was in January, and uh, Angie, uh, we were driving one day, and she's like, I really want to write a song as a memorial to her that we can sing at her memorial. And um, so she had most of the song written, and we got together with a friend of ours named Krista Wells. And um, so she came in, and the three of us wrote that together and had... Um, no intention of it ever going on our CD. It was purely just for the memorial. And um, we uh, recorded it. And after Alan played uh, piano and Amy, uh, who's also in my group, uh, she sang it because it was coming from Angie's perspective. And literally as uh, she was singing, Audrey was still in Angie's tummy. And so Angie put the headphones mm -hmm. on her tummy and she could feel Audrey kicking as Amy sang. And so it was a very emotional day, um, very emotional. And the next day I had to leave out for uh, Chicago. And uh, Alan and Amy uh, came up to me and they're like, we, we need to put this on uh, the CD because of what we've all been through. This is your story. And um, so I called Angie and she was so excited because it was just one more way to let people know about Audrey and to give her life weight. And uh, uh, it just basically summarizes how there are so many things that Angie as a mom is never going to get to experience with Audrey, but how much better God is going to experience all those things with her in heaven and how he will carry her and carry Angie through this process. There were photographs I wanted to take Things I wanted to show you Sweet lullabies, wipe your teary eyes. Who could love you like this? People say that I am brave, but I'm not. Truth is, I'm barely hanging on. There's a greater story. Long before me, because he loves you like this. I will carry you while your heart beats here, long beyond the empty cradle through the coming. 
I've shown her photographs of time beginning Walked her through the parted sea sang that at the memorial service for Audrey. Um, what's been the impact of that song? Well, one of the beautiful things that has come out of such a horrible loss is just the opportunity to be in community with women who have walked the same journey. Um, you referenced earlier the fact that I got to hold her and have that, and it's been so hard for me to meet women from generations past where they just really didn't believe that was the best thing for the mother and those mothers never got to meet their children mm. um, and I feel like the song and through the book I've just had the opportunity to connect with other women who are either walking that road right now trying to make very hard decisions or women who, who are still working through a wound that may be 50 years old uh -huh. um, and so I just our prayer has always been for the song that it would be something that would remind them that they aren't alone um, mm -hmm. and that we serve a God who, who will carry them through it. Can I make an observation? Mm. You know, the time that we spend on this earth is so brief mm. that only two hours with Audrey, someday you'll have eternity mm. with her. And uh, this is short. It's a brief moment. Uh, I hope you look forward mm. to that time that you'll have with her. Mm. We do. In fact, it's one of the only things that sustains us mm, in some days. Yeah. It's made our hope for heaven very different. And you know, what, have you, uh, what have you said often when you get to heaven? What are you going to say? Well, I hope that I'm going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. <laughs> I think we all do. Hopefully. Yeah. And then I'll say, where is she? Yeah. Where is what she? if she's running to you saying, Mommy, mm -hmm. Daddy? Whoa, yeah. what a moment. Yeah. Some of the women who are hearing this uh, they have suffered that loss, or they know someone that has, maybe their daughter. Um, again, how would you talk with them about the emotion of that and what they should do in the loneliness of their car right now as they're listening or at home mm. uh, with the radio on? Um, what is something they can do right this moment? I think that something that the Lord impressed upon me during this time is that he isn't intimidated by my questioning. And he isn't threatened by my doubt. What he wants is for me to bring it to him. And so 
whether you're driving in your car or you're just sitting in a room and remembering something that you haven't thought of for a long time that you never quite got through, it's okay. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to not understand. Um, and I, I think sometimes as Christians, we don't want to have those feelings because we feel like we should have it all together. And the truth is that's not what God asks us to do. He just asks us to bring it to him. And so my prayer for those women listening is that um, you will have a time with the Lord where you are able to say, you know, where were you mm. when this happened? And um, and that you will allow the Lord to to put a Band-Aid over that part of you that maybe you haven't brought to him. And I will say that in my darkest moments, he never let me down. I lay in that bed in my mind in a hospital, and I remember the moment that I pushed a button for someone to come and take my daughter. And I knew that I would never see her again in this life. And um, I became a believer as an adult. So this was one of the first times in my life when I put my full weight into something. I said, Lord Jesus, please don't let me down. And I remember that moment when this light closed in the room as the door shut and I knew that they had her and that she was gone and I just said God lay with me just be with me right now and he was yes and to read the scripture Mm. uh, is such a comfort to the soul that's not the end of the story you went through that yet another daughter came into your life talk about her yes we um about four months ago, we welcomed our fifth daughter. Her name's Charlotte Olivia. I, and I've talked to other mothers who have lost children, and they call this child sort of the rainbow child right. um, after the storm. But I, I want to reiterate that um, we couldn't be more in love with Charlotte and in our family, but she's not Audrey. She doesn't take the place of Audrey. There wasn't any sort of substitution. And um, a lot of women who I've talked to have struggled with that and have said after they lost, they had a desire to have another because of that. And and we all know, yeah, and it's such a natural feeling, but um, Audrey still is a part of our family. And, um, but we're really enjoying, we're enjoying the sleepless nights. I'm enjoying it much more this time around. I'm, I'm reveling in things that I might not have even noticed with my other kids, uh, things that I feel like I've taken for granted with them. Um, yeah, the 18-week ultrasound, when we went to that, yeah. it was the most, you know, you you do just take it for granted. And to hear normal, normal, yeah. normal, whether it was her heart or her mm-hmm. kidneys. They say, you know, here are her kidneys, and Todd and I are like, she's got kidneys, you know. Well, <laughs> and sure I thought I've never, at my other girls' appointments, I never celebrated because we saw kidneys. We just expected we would, you know. So it's a totally different experience after a loss. More thankfulness. Absolutely. Yeah, for every little aspect mm-hmm. of things. Yes. Angie and Todd, you, you mentioned the difficulty marriages can have in this circumstance, and uh, yet some marriages do survive and they get through it. Uh, I guess the question in my mind is, do you know why? Why does a marriage, in some cases, make it through this, and in other cases, perhaps it doesn't? My honest answer is that in our humanity, something like this would leave virtually no chance of a marriage surviving. I I don't see how two people who are experiencing something so difficult and so heart-wrenching can get through it. And I can honestly say if we did not have the faith that we do and we weren't absolutely determined to kick and bite and fight our way through the ugliness of it, 
I don't know that we would have gotten to the other side. And I know many, many people who I love and respect who didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, people whose children were in the NICU or experienced some other life tragedy. And what I've gleaned from women who are much farther along than I am in the journey who have sustained their marriages, um, because of course I sought their advice while we were walking through this. And they just said, you need to be honest with each other as you're walking. You need to have grace in your heart for what your spouse is going to miss because they are, they aren't going to be Jesus to you and you cannot expect your spouse to be Jesus to you. Well, let me, let me touch on that because that's something that's close to my heart. I think one of the reasons that marriage fails generally is because our expectations can be so out of line with what our spouse can deliver. Mm -hmm. Then you add this kind of a circumstance on it. And I think particularly for women where men are at a loss, I mean, we're trying to figure out what to do. And we struggle with that in our quietness, mm. frankly, because we don't even know how to express the fact that I can't help you. Right. And uh, and women are saying, I need help. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a matter of a reasonable expectation? Is that good advice? I think a reasonable, yes, a reasonable expectation and diamonds. <laughs> yeah. And lots of tracking with you, I but think, uh, <laughs> right no. there you almost yeah, said there's, there's the humor. I think um, I think one of the big things. One of the things that I saw with us um, was we grieve very differently. Yes. Yeah. Audrey was in her womb. Yeah. It was a constant. You know, I, I'm one of the hardest days for me grieving for her. Actually, was when we went to pick out her burial site. Mm-hmm. And she literally is pregnant with Audrey, and she's walking over her grave, I mean, literally standing on it, and Audrey's kicking in her womb. And no mom should ever have to go through that. And may, I think a lot of it was maybe just, I didn't know how to deal with it. So well, I was just We tend to look gonna, at work right. and yeah, get busy. And, and what do we do next, and how do yeah. I... And solutions. You know, He's so... It was hard for me to watch him wanting so badly to fix it. And there yeah. is a helplessness, and as a, as a husband, as the head of our household, he takes that part of his job very serious. And even when we were struggling, trying to have time when we were deliberately sitting together and having conversations where we were making that the priority, it, it allowed the grieving to be more bearable being, right. because the, the strength of our we marriage and, <laughs> and for our children's sake. Yeah. During that time, what they needed to see was a united front. Obviously, they they always need to see that, but especially in a crisis, they need to know yeah. the walls are not falling down. You know, mommy and daddy are we are getting through They're this. Watching. We love each other mm-hmm. exactly. And then that's really a downward spiral because totally. it becomes Absolutely. out of control. And in essence, for those couples that experience that, they experience two deaths: the death of their child that's and right. the death of their marriage. That's right. And that is overwhelming, humanly speaking. One of the things that my brother, going through the death of his uh, boy, experienced were the comments that people would make. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could all learn from that. Uh, share with us what was helpful and what was not so helpful. One of the most common things that people say, and I understand why, of course, everyone wants to help. I believe that they're said in, in an attempt to make things better. but. A lot of people will say, well, you already have three other healthy children. You know, at least oh. you have three other healthy children. And um, things like that, that I, I think sort of minimize the value of the child that was lost. They don't help. Right. Um, there's another part of this story that um, that happened about a month later. Uh, my sister-in-law, Nicole, put down her 10-week-old son and um, 
when she came back to find him, he had passed away. He died of SIDS. Oh. So within about oh, a six-week period. Six week period, we lost both of them. And I remember sitting with Nicole and talking, and we both agreed that the one thing that people did, and it, of course, just like Job, it, there were people who just came and sat with us in our sorrow. And I think that's a beautiful image mm -hmm. of what the, the most helpful just be there. Things. Just be there. And that, that sounds so insignificant, but it isn't. I mean, there are people that I knew I could just be quiet with in a room and I could just cry. I could just stare at a wall if I needed to, but then if I needed to talk, they were available. It's such a roller coaster that um, I think that image of sitting with someone in their sorrow is really the best mm -hmm. advice that I could give. Rather than try to have all the answers that right. none of us possess. Right. Because yeah, really at that point, those words are just very empty. Yeah. I mean, unless you really feel like God has giving you something to say to someone and it's in true humility and it's not a trite answer um the best thing to do is just be there or to serve them you know right. but when you're with them you don't have to ha have the magical word and i've been in that situation too even after losing audrey where someone's gone through a tragedy and my instinct is to want to say something and just knowing from our experience the best thing was just to be quiet and be around us and if the person who has had loss brings up the suffering go there with them that is so good and so often we do try to say the right thing but we're saying exactly the wrong thing mm -hmm. in that moment just be a good good friend mm -hmm. um angie as we come to the end of the program uh, obviously it would be wonderful for you to pray mm -hmm. for um, couples out there that are experiencing something similar it, there'll all be nuances to these things but there are many people who are suffering some loss would you be willing to do that absolutely let's do that i'd love to lord jesus um i don't know the stories of the men and women who are listening right now but i find solace in the fact that you do and that you are there with them as they walk and i just want to pray specifically for those who have lost a child or are in the midst of making very hard decisions about a pregnancy God, I understand. I understand the hurt. And I also know that you are sovereign and that you are bigger than the hurt. I pray that you will, you will just be with these women in such a powerful way that they would know you are worthy of putting our full weight into you. You're trustworthy, God. And as difficult as these things are, we can't explain them, God. We aren't even going to try to explain them in this life. But at the end of the day, we know that you are good. So I just pray for anyone who's listening right now, that regardless of where you are walking, what you are going through, your God is good and he loves you. And those aren't just hollow words. Those are words coming from a woman who has been in a dark place. So I just pray that you will... Um, You'll walk with them now, that you will inspire them to bring everything they have to you. We just love you. We love who you are and who you are to us. And we pray all these things in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. There's no doubt that losing a child is one of the hardest losses we can experience here on earth. And I have so appreciated these past couple of days with our guests and the candor and the honesty and the transparency with which they shared. 
Todd and Angie Smith on Focus on the Family. And by the way, let me mention that the song we played earlier, I Will Carry You, is from Sela's album, You Deliver Me. And we were able to present that to you, courtesy of our friends at Curb Records. Our program was provided by Focus on the Family. And on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening. I'm John Fuller. Just listening to Todd and Angie sharing their story with such vulnerability and raw honesty has moved me so deeply. I can only imagine how difficult it must be to lose a child. If you are walking around with this kind of pain, please do find someone you can talk to and process with. You may want to get in touch with Focus on the Family's counseling department, where one of our trained counselors would love to to chat to you, pray with you, or even just listen if that is what you need right now. You can call us on 031-716-3300 or log on to safamily.co.za and click the counseling link. Now, we're highlighting the sanctity of human life because the 1st of February marked the day that abortion was legalized in South Africa in 1997. The sanctity of human life is one of our guiding pillars at Focus on the Family. We believe that human life is of inestimable worth and significant in all its dimensions. Please stand with us in prayer for this worthy cause. And may I encourage you to support the work of Focus on the Family, particularly this month in our annual match campaign, where any amount you give will be doubled because of the matching gift from generous donors. As a public benefit organization with Section 18A status, there's already a tax benefit in supporting us. And in this case, you can also enjoy the knowledge that your gift is being doubled. Log on to safamily.co.za or call us on 031-716-3300. I want to thank you for joining us today. For Focus on the Family Africa, I'm Alison Schnell, inviting you back next time when we'll, as always, help you and your family thrive in Christ. <music>